0: Well, this is as final as it is going to get. Terry, they're going to love it. I think they might. Way to go. You too. This has been such a fun process. I'm really going to miss working together on it. Me too.
1: You know, I've really enjoyed the time we spent and
0: our
1: conversations together. And not just about the rec Center, all the other stuff,
0: too. You mean the God stuff? Yeah. <laughs> what have you been thinking?
1: Well, I've been thinking about what you said a while ago about knowing how God sees you Mm -hmm. and how that's really made a difference in your life. You know, when you said that, when you said that, I felt kind of jealous. And I know that sounds bad, right? Bad?
0: No. It sounds like it touched something pretty deep in you.
1: Yeah, I think it did.
0: So, where are you at? Wow, you hung on to it. Yeah, can (laughs) I
1: get you to autograph it?
0: (laughs) So, what are you thinking with this? Well, I'm
1: thinking that I'm right about here. I understand a lot of what you've said, but...
2: What?
1: Well, I... I've spent so much of my life feeling like people didn't accept me the way I was, so it's hard for me to believe that God loves me as much as you say he does, that he wants to have a relationship with me.
0: I know it's overwhelming, but it's true. God really does love you. You matter a lot to him. Terry, do you want that relationship? Well... Do you want to ask God right now? (laughs) Right now? Yeah. You just pray. You just talk to him. Well, yeah.
1: I I do want that. Great.
0: There are no exact words you need to say. Uh, What's important is that you tell God in your own words that you want the forgiveness Jesus paid for dying on the cross and ask him to be the leader of your life. I can start it and kind of prompt you to help you pray in your own words. Would you like to do that? Okay. Father, thank you for helping Terry to see how much you love her and to understand what Jesus has done for her. Help her now as she receives what you've given to her and begins a relationship with you. Now, Terry, maybe you could start by admitting to God that you disobeyed him and asking him for his forgiveness. God,
1: uh, I want the kind of relationship with you that Michelle has been talking about, but I've messed up a lot. I know I disobeyed you, and I... I do want to be forgiven. I know that uh, Jesus died on the cross to pay for the things that I've done wrong. And, oh, God, I do. I want that. That's
0: good, Terry. Now, why don't you ask God to be the leader of your life uh, so that you can do things his way and and not your way?
1: God, I spend so much of my life trying to do things on my own. and. I just feel like I can't do any of it right. I need you to help me figure it out, to lead me, to show me the best way to live.
0: Father, thank you so much for helping Terry see how important she is to you and how much you love her. Help her now as she receives all you've given to her and begins a relationship with you. Now, finally, Terry, it would be good if you thank God for all he's done for you. With the incredible gifts of forgiveness and leadership that he's already given to you.
1: Oh, God, it's so hard for me to believe that this is all true. Mm-hmm. That you care this much about me, but I do. I, I believe it. And I feel so grateful. Thank you for caring about me and for accepting me. Thank you for providing a way for me to have a relationship with you and for wanting to help me live the best way possible. Thank you.
0: Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So excited for you! <laughs> oh, <know>,
1: me too. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Good morning. Welcome. We're glad that you are here this morning. Uh, we are here to worship God, and we are grateful that you are here with us to worship the Lord together. And we welcome our guests, especially. You're very important to us. I hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family. We, if you're a first-time guest, we'd like to invite you to stop by our hospitality table out in the foyer before you leave. We'd like to uh, give you a little gift this morning um, for attending with us today. The video that you just saw uh, is a part of the uh, contagious, Becoming a Contagious Christian um, series that we've been doing on Wednesday nights. We've been doing this uh, for uh, about six or eight weeks now, and uh, this coming Wednesday will be our last of that series. We'll be doing our final segment on that. So we'd like to invite you to come on Wednesday. And this is uh, something we've been going through, uh, talking about how we can share our faith in a... Um, in a non-threatening way, just through our relationships with other people. Um, so if you'd like to learn about that, we'd like to invite you to come on Wednesday night. We'll be having a light meal at 545, and then our study will be at 630. And by the way, this will be the, the last of our Wednesday programs for the summer. We're going to be taking the month of July off. There will be no Wednesday programs at all uh, during the month of July. And uh, so this will be the last one for the summer. Uh, We have our youth retreat that's coming up next week. Uh, They're leaving uh, a week from tomorrow, I think. Isn't that right, Julie? Uh, Going to Florida. And so let's uh, be in prayer for for them. They had a great fundraiser last night for that. And uh, um, we'll be in prayer for our youth as they go on retreat next week. Also, uh, we've been collecting pocket change, basically, uh, through uh, this quarter um, to change hunger, and this quarter, uh, this is the end of the quarter, and so uh, we will be giving that money to Henderson Christian Outreach at the end of this quarter, so we have today and Wednesday, so if you'd like to dig into your pocket, see if there's some pocket change there, or if you don't have any change, you can dig into your wallet and get some of that silent money. (laughs) Put that in there. And if you don't have that, you can even write a check. Uh, but, uh, that's, that'll be going towards, uh, Henderson Christian Outreach. And, uh, we're also, uh, serving lunch at the Salvation Army on Saturday. And we need a couple of more volunteers. So if you'd like to, uh, serve lunch at the Salvation Army this Saturday, please see Sybil. She's taking, uh, uh she's get, getting everything set up. And so see her and she'll be glad to, uh, put you to work on Saturday. Uh, let me remind every one of our attendance sheets that's the, on each row. We'd like to ask if you were to take that and fill it out and give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving to us. Uh, we would certainly appreciate it. And now it's time for us to greet each other in the name of the Lord. So let me invite you to stand and greet each other.
4: Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how All God's people see it.
3: Time for our children's moment. So let me invite our children to come down front right here. Matthew North will be leading our children's moment. So come on down, children. Come on down. We got a big crowd of kids tonight. Got one. And he's your son. (laughs) Yeah, he counts. Are there other kids? Uh, come on, come on, Josh. Come, come on, Rebecca. Yeah, we need some kids. Took a lot of guts there, Dane. We had to take the, the hammer and the nails away from your dad, so. <laughs> Please join me in our responsive reading that's printed in your worship bulletin and also on, the, uh, on your screen. And appropriately enough, it is called Courage. God who created everything... We anticipate what is not yet and practice your future sometimes slowly, tediously, but always hopefully. We wonder what what we would do. If we had to rebuild everything from the ground up, would we have the energy? Would we have the spirit? Would we have the vision? Would our feet rest on the solid rock of your love and grace and hope?
5: not ask you to stand again. So her goal is to have you stand the entire service next week. <laughs> Mark 4:35 through 41. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, "Let us go across to the other side." And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, And the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him?
1: Share a prayer with you um, uh, from St. Therese. Did you pray with me? May today there be peace within. May you trust God that you are exactly where you are meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. May you use those gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you. May you be content knowing that you are a child of God. Let this presence settle into your bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing, to dance, to praise, and to love. It is there for each and every one of us. Amen.
6: good morning morning. just testing the mic (laughs) i'm ready when you are trials of this life are your mercies in disguise we pray for wisdom your voice to hear and we cry in anger when we cannot feel and we doubt your
2: love,
6: as if every promise from your word is not enough, and all your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know You're near? And what if trials of this life are Your? Betray us. The darkness seems to win. We know. Because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? And what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing world can't satisfy? And what if trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights, are your mercies in disguise?
3: Thank you so much, Leslie. Beautiful, beautiful, and thank you for sharing that with us. Karen Fair tells about her three-year-old daughter, Abby, who was having trouble sleeping at night because she was afraid. She kept waking up because she was afraid, much like Dane. She was afraid of the dark and afraid of the, the monsters under her bed. And so each time Karen tucked her back into bed, she would remind her that Jesus was with her and that he would keep her safe. But those sleepless nights just kept coming coming with Abby seeking comfort in mom and dad's bedroom. And so finally, Karen asked Abby if she had prayed for Jesus to help her not be afraid so she could fall asleep. And Abby said, Oh, yes, I have. I am prayed, and he told me to come get you. <laughs> How many of you have ever been afraid or anxious about anything? Just about all of us that are honest, and the rest of you, we know. <laughs> Fear is an emotion that all of us have from time to time. And it can truly be a debilitating feeling. In our Scripture lesson for today, Jesus has been teaching beside the lake and, and the evening came, came drawing on and, and He said to His disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. So they left the crowd there and got in their boat and headed across the lake. But as they went along, a, a sudden storm blew up and the waves were, were so large that it almost swamped the boat. The boat. And where was Jesus? Jesus was asleep in the back. So the disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that we are about to drown here? And that's when Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Be still. And the winds died down, and it was completely calm. Then he turned to the disciples and asked, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And then Mark tells us that that they were terrified and ask each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey Him. Wow. You know, this passage has always fascinated me. These disciples, including these macho fishermen, were afraid of this storm. Surely this was not the first storm that they had had out on the lake. They had spent their lives out on the lake. And so surely this was not the first. They'd been through this before. But they were afraid of this storm. But when Jesus calmed the storm, I want you to notice here, when Jesus calmed the storm, they were even more afraid because they saw that Jesus had the power to command the winds and the waves and they obeyed Him. To me, this this adds so much credibility to the the Gospel story. It shows that the, the disciples were really human. They didn't know how to take Jesus. Who is this? They asked. Even the wind and the waves obey Him. But before we deal with that question, I think we should deal with the question that Jesus asked them. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? And could this be a question that Jesus is asking some of us here today? Why are you so afraid? Well, folks, let me tell you something. Fear is at the heart of most of the problems that we human beings face. Fear is at the heart of just about every problem that we face. Some people may say that the opposite of faith is doubt. I don't think so. I think that the opposite of faith is fear. I mean, think about it. Try to tell me any problem in the human heart that is not based in some way or another on fear. Pastor John Walton tells about a commercial that ran a number of years ago. There was a car that had been in a terrible accident. It's lying on its side and the woman that was driving the car had been driving the car couldn't move and she was trapped in the car. She was frightened, she was in shock. And then we see three young black kids running over to the car and and you just get this feeling. It's kind of dark and 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 they 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 kind of play up to the, the darkness of the scene and, and you just kind of get the feeling that they're up to no good. You get the feeling that they're, they're going to reach into the car and grab her purse and leave her lying on the side of the road bleeding. But that's not what happened. One of the kids sends the others to, to, to get some help and, and starts giving instructions to the driver. Don't move, he said. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to to get some help. We're going to go get some help. He knows how to prevent injury because he has read the safety instruction manual on how to help in the event of an accident. And that's what the commercial was for, the safety instruction manual. Walton says, I thought that this was going to be just another one of those portrayals of urban crime. You know... Somebody's always out to get you. But what's that tell you about me, he says. And what does that tell you about you? Sometimes the greatest dangers that we face is not what's in the world, but what's in our heart. And if you think about it, you'll realize that at the very heart of bigotry and every other negative emotion out there, is fear. Fear of people who are not like us. Fear about our own adequacy and self-worth. Fear about our ability to cope with life. Fear about our future and, and the areas of life which we have no control over. At the very heart of worry and resentment and hatred and guilt, And almost every other negative emotion out there is fear. And so, our fears are often out of proportion with reality. Somebody went to the beach recently and returned and said this. I discovered that I scream... The same way whether I'm about to be eaten by a great white shark or if a piece of seaweed bro- brushes against my foot. <laughs> you ever experienced that? You ever been out of the ocean and you feel that thing you know, brush against your foot and you're, you're jumping around? Yeah. First time I saw Jaws was at the beach. <laughs> But, you know, that's the way it is with, with most of us. We, we have this tendency to, to make mountains out of molehills and turn problems into things that are not problems at all, primarily, primarily because deep down inside of us, we're afraid. Afraid of the unknown. And that's probably why people are afraid of the dark. is because you don't know. You can't see. You don't know what's, what's out there. And so you're afraid. But most of the problems that we face are are caused by fear. And it, and it it may be the fear that somebody's going to take advantage of us. Or the fear of failure. Or the fear of looking foolish. Or the fear that we won't fit in. Or the fear that we may be abandoned. There are very few of us who are not driven by some kind of fear in our lives. But look at what Jesus says here. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? It's interesting that He connects those two. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? He connects our fear with our lack of faith. And that tells me something. It tells me that the way that we can conquer our fear... Is through faith. Gwendolyn Mitchell Diaz tells about a trip that she and her family took one summer. They loaded up the car and headed north to visit some friends. And on the way way home, they stopped by Boone, North Carolina and spent several days sightseeing in that area. And Gwendolyn says that she'll never forget the day that they spent at, at Grandfather Mountain. They were told that that if they dared to cross this, this huge suspension bridge, that they could stand on a, on a rocky ledge that, that offered a tremendous view of the valley. But it was late in the afternoon when they got there. A storm was blowing in. The wind was beginning to gust. And, and Gwendolyn took one look at that 80-foot ravine that the bridge went across. She clutched her baby Jonathan and said, I'm not going on that thing. Well, her, her older sons, Zach and Matt, they just took off running across the bridge. And, and they, were, they were having a great time. About halfway across the bridge, the wind gusted real hard and it made, it, made them stagger a little bit. But, but they loved the challenge. And they fought their way to the other side. A three-year-old Ben... He had started to run after his brothers because, he, you know, that's what little brothers do. They run after their bigger brothers. And he started to run after them, but he got to the edge there and stopped suddenly when he saw saw that ravine there. And he hung on to the nearest pole. He wasn't so sure that he wanted to go out there. And so Dad, seeing how much fun Zach and Matt were having, he reached for Ben's hand and said, Let's go. I'll take care of you. Come on. It'll be fun. I'll take care of you. Well, it was obvious that all kinds of what-ifs were going through Ben's mind about this time. And, but he reached up and he grabbed Dad's hand and he started skipping across the bridge into the wind. Ben had obviously transferred all of those what-ifs to dad. He decided to let dad worry about it. The bridge, the wind, the, the height, the storm coming up. These weren't his problems anymore. And it didn't matter whether he could handle them or not, dad could. And now they're on dad's shoulders. I wonder if that's what Jesus meant. When he said, unless you become like a little child, you shall never enter the kingdom of heaven. To trust with that kind of trust. To turn it all over to daddy. To Abba. If we could just live our lives with with that kind of faith. With that kind of trust. Then most of the things that keep us awake at night would just disappear. You see, fear is the biggest problem that we have and the best way that we can conquer it is with faith. But not just faith in anybody. The faith that really matters to us is faith in Jesus Christ. Who is this the disciples ask about Jesus? Even the winds and the waves obey Him. Suddenly they realize that That there's something different about Jesus. Here was a man who could even calm the storms, and, and I wonder, could he also calm us? In one of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, there's a story about a young man, a veteran, who was ready to marry and settle down. But this young man had a problem. He was, he was a responsible young man. He wanted to be a responsible young man, but he couldn't keep a job, and he, he was discouraged. You see, he was a, a terrible stutterer. He heard about a, a candy company in Plant City, Florida, that was looking for a truck driver, and, and he heard he had heard that the owner of this company was a former stutterer himself, but somehow he had learned how to control it. And so the young man thought that That a fellow stutterer might be able to, uh, might be more understanding and and give him a chance. Well, in his interview, the owner asked the man why he wanted the job. And the young man said, because I I need, need, need the money. Well, the owner didn't say anything for a while. He just looked at him and finally he looked at the the man. He said, young man, I'm not going to give you a job. the young man was dumbfounded. And the owner said, don't get me wrong, I I think you would do well, but it's just that I don't have an opening right now. But then he reached into his desk drawer and he pulled out a piece of paper that was obviously old and used. It was folded and tattered and and, uh, worn out. And, And he said, I'd like you to take this. Take it home. I want you to read it. I want you to read it every night for a month. So the young man took that piece of paper, stuck it in his pocket. Tears of disappointment burned his eyes, and, and he told the owner goodbye and walked away. And that night he felt utterly dejected. Who wants a stutterer around? He thought. Nobody. And he felt that as long as he as he stuttered, he would he would be a nobody. He had lived with his pain all of his life, and after that interview, he was prepared to never utter another sound again. Well, he he took that piece of paper out of his pocket that the man had given to him. He was ready to tear it up and throw it away, but something made him look at it. It was a prayer. A very well-known prayer, but one that he did not know at the time, And, and it reads like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. He read those words again. And then again. They seemed to be a light at the end of his tunnel. He he pondered that first phrase, accept the things I cannot change. And he knew that he could work at easing his stuttering, but he also knew that he probably would never really change the way he talked, and he would need to accept that. Then he read that second phrase, the courage to change the things I can. What he could change was his fears, the fear of stepping out of his shell, the fear of trying to be somebody, the fear of thinking bigger than he had been thinking. And then he pondered another phrase, God grant me the serenity. And he recognized that this was the key to the whole prayer. And he wondered, when was the last time he had actually reached out to God? It had been a while. Years earlier, when when he was a kid, this young man had prayed that he would wake up one morning and talk differently. But when it didn't happen, he forgot about God. But somehow now, he had the feeling that God had not forgotten about him. He kept reciting that prayer, reminding himself of its words and its meaning until finally he he could place himself in God's hands and trust without fear of what might happen to him. One thing that he had learned as a young boy in, in church was that when he sang, he didn't stutter. Apparently when a stutterer speaks, air gets trapped in his in his throat. But but when he sings, for some reason the breathing apparatus works normally and, and there's no stutter. Well, this young man loved to sing, and and he discovered he also had a gift of writing songs. And so one day he decided to exercise that courage that he had been praying about. The courage to change the things that he could. And armed with some of his songs, he took off to Nashville, hoping to get somebody to listen to his work. Well, one door led to another, and, and one day he got an appointment for an audition with Minnie Pearl one of the greatest names in the country scene. He was terrified, scared him to death. But he went into that studio and he kept praying, Your serenity, Lord, Your serenity. The audition went well. Many Pearl hired him as a backup singer and a songwriter, and, and he was grateful for this break, but he really wanted to be a solo act. Then in 1970, Glenn Campbell invited him to come on to his TV show. And they, as they rehearsed uh, for the show, they would banter back and forth and they would swap jokes with one another. And Campbell discovered that this young man had a great sense of humor and, and, and his stutter only added to the humorous impact. And so Campbell asked him if he would start talking on the show as well as singing. Well, this young man was terrified. He called his wife and and told her that he wanted to back out, but she told him, don't be afraid. You can do this. Afraid, he thought to himself. That's what he was. So when he hung up the phone, his mind went back to that piece of paper. God, grant me the serenity. Some of you probably know that this is the true life story of country music great Mel Tillis. And he will tell you that without his faith in God, he would have been defeated a long time ago. Defeated not by the forces on the outside and not even by his stuttering, but defeated by his fear. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Why are you so afraid, Jesus asked his disciples. And I think he may be asking you that same question today. Are you letting your fear keep you from being all that God has created you to be? I think that fear may be the biggest problem in our lives. But the best way that we can conquer that fear is with our faith. Faith in God. Faith in Jesus. Who is this? They ask about Jesus. Even the wind and the waves obey him. And they do. And nothing can hinder the person whose faith is in the Lord. May that always be the case with us. Amen. We're going to sing number 62 All the Way My Savior Leads Me. And there may be someone here today who needs to make that commitment to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been afraid to do that for a long time. You're afraid to take that step of faith. You're afraid of, <clears throat> of losing who you are or afraid of something else. But let me tell you something. There's nothing more blessed than that, than that relationship with God. And if you've never taken that step of faith before, we invite you to get over your fear. And do it today. Say yes to this Christ who even talks to the winds and the waves and they obey. We can trust that our God, our Father, will take us by the hand and lead us across any dangerous bridge that we may have to go over because that's who He is. And that's how much He loves us. If you've never made that commitment, do it today. Take that step of faith. Don't be afraid. If you would like to be a part of our church and be a member of Community Baptist, we invite you to come and unite with us and be a part of who we are. Don't be afraid. We don't bite. We might hug you and kiss you a little bit. (laughs) But that's who we are. Or maybe you have been facing fears in your life and you feel like you need a time of prayer. We invite you to come and we'll pray together. If God's dealing in your heart in any way this morning, respond. Take the step of faith. Don't be afraid. God may be calling you today. Would you come as we sing? All the way, my Savior leads. Thank you so much. Please be seated for just a moment, except for the two of you. Y'all come on up here. (laughs) Um, I don't think I have to introduce these folks to most of you, but for those of you who do, this is Deacon and Terry Allen, Allen and Terry Allen, and um, they have come to unite with our church. They came up and said, it's about time, isn't it? (laughs) I wasn't going to say that, but... (laughs) But it's about time,
2: <laughs>
3: and we are glad that you have come to unite with our church. They've, they've moved back home, back here to Henderson, and uh, have been attending here, and they want to make it official and transfer their membership uh, here to uh, Community Baptist Church. And I know, I see people going, yeah, yeah. And I know that people are already celebrating that. And please join me in welcoming, welcoming them uh, to our fellowship by raising your hand and saying amen. Uh, You know what I always tell everyone who joins our church. We're all ministers, every single one of us. Now, he really is. He's (laughs) ordained. uh, But every one of us are ministers in the Lord. And so we minister to one another. That's what we do as a church. We're family. We minister to one another. We minister to our community. And that means that we look forward to the ministry that we have for you and also the ministry that you have for us. It takes us all. It takes us all. I know that you'll want to come and speak with them and extend the right hand of Christian fellowship and welcome them officially to Community Baptist Church. And you can come and stand with me if you want to or whatever. All right. <laughs> Let's stand for our benediction. Loving God, we confess to you that we are a people that is feared, filled with fear. In a world obsessed with youth, we are afraid of growing old. In the midst of all the people around us, we are afraid of being alone. In a society fascinated with fantasy, we are afraid of the demands of reality. And in an age torn by war, we are afraid of the demands of peace. But we have come to you this morning because you are the God who takes our fears upon yourself. And you calm our trembling spirits. Give us the courage to expose our fears to the light of your presence. Make us ready to accept the demands of your will. For it is in your love that we have peace beyond all fear. Go with us, O God, and grant us your strength. Amen.